Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. On 1116 SEN, the award-winning crunch time. What the H is a deal on a Honda? Search Honda Offers to find out about our great deals. Head to Subway and try the new hot-grilled paninis. This morning is living proof that you just never know where the talking points will come from. In the box at the MCG is the AFL Chief Executive, Gil McLaughlin. Gil, welcome to Crunch Time. No, no, Gil's not here yet. Not there yet, right. No, the... the, uh... He's not in the MCG box yet. I don't know where he is, but we're waiting on him. No, I'll keep you posted. Cool. What's um? In one the, minute uh, we've got. One one minute. He's out the back shaking hands, kissing babies' heads, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So in the yeah. aftermath of the chat with Luke Parker, uh, what what's what are the Swans' prospects? Oh, <laughs> I, I dislike it when a team that's going bad goes good. It means you're getting one. It's it's harder to tip one a week. Um, I don't think they can do a lot of damage from here. I think they could probably win another six, eight games, but uh, I don't think they, they're going to go to the edge of the finals. Yeah, they're in that they're in that group of players, the cluster, Port Adelaide, St Kilda, Hawthorne, Essendon, North Melbourne, Melbourne. That They're in that bunch. You know, they finish anywhere from probably 8th to 16th, and, and that's how close it is, and it can go either way. They started, what, the two and six last year or the year before, and um, they're in that position again, so they've made it hard for themselves. You need to ask, though, should they be better? I mean, they do have Rampy, who's an outstanding player. They do have Kennedy, who's probably at about... You take the peak of his career, he's probably at about 80% of that now, given his age and he's banged up a bit, but he's still a darn good player. Parker's should be at the peak of his powers and played a, a, a cracker last night. They've got some young players now who've, who've come, who are coming through, but it just seems without Lance up forward, they, they've really lost their pure potency. I mean, they won last night with minus 13 inside 50s. Mm. Uh, they were 5 to 12 out of the centre bounce. and They won with the contested possession around the ground and they were a bit closer on the clearances around the ground. But all the indicators said that they probably should have lost if once again, I thought if Essendon had played a little smarter, they'd probably win that game last night. So uh, for a team, Essendon, that's We've discussed them ad nauseum almost already. Um, they probably should have put them away. But as I say that, we have Gil just about to step into the box now. Yes, that seat, please, Gil. <laughs> and gentlemen, good afternoon to the head honcho, Gil. Hello, Dan. How are you? Good. Jared, would you like to take it away? Uh, Gil, in all the topics that we might have raised if we'd convened at half past eight last night, as what possibility did you think there would be we'd be talking about a player shimming up a goalpost? <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> um, no, listen, I'm always... Uh, uh, I'm never surprised about what actually happens in this game and the nuance and the things that can come up. And, uh, yeah, I think um, a guy shimming up a goalpost in the last seconds of the game is probably not something we would have contemplated. Should a free kick have been paid? Well, I, I, I won't... I won't um, 
I'll wait and see what the umpiring department and the footy department says. But for me, it seemed pretty practical umpiring. And I haven't looked... I mean, apparently there's lots of different camera angles. But he gave him the warning and he, the guy got down. And it didn't inf- impact on the play. And it, for me, it's a bit analogous to a guy who's a metre over the mark. And he says, come back, or it's 50. And the guy comes back immediately. And if he doesn't, then it's a free kick. And that seemed to be a very practical response. Um, people will get into the technicalities of what the rule says. But... It, you know, if he'd stayed there, it would have been a, a free kick. He, he gave him the warning. It didn't I think he the felt, play. though, Gil. <laughs> I don't know. But the, 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 that's my assessment, Jared. But the, but the technical assessment, I don't want to cut across what the umpiring department and the footy department will say upon review, but it seemed a pretty pragmatic piece of umpiring. So are they, are they rules or guidelines, Gil? Because the rule does prescribe that a free kick be awarded against a player who intentionally shakes a goalpost either before or after a player has disposed of the football, which does imply that it doesn't matter whether it affects the player or not. If you do it, it's a free. Yeah, I think the thing would be as prescriptive as that, Jared, when you were talking about a 50-metre penalty. Which was paid last week for the throwing of grass at a man lining up for goal, which had absolutely no impact on the kick. Yeah, but, but we can pick them all, all, all the time, Jared. I mean, the, the, the people want, I, I think, common sense in the umpiring and, and some practicality. I hear that all of the time. I think that's what was exhibited last night. That's what happens in our game. People cut it both ways. I think that my explanation to you, without giving a definitive assessment because I wait for the umpiring, is that he, he deemed that it wasn't, you know, actually kicking at goal. The guy, I don't know whether he'd start his run-up or not. And he, and he gave me a warning, got down, and it was a practical response. What the umpiring department say or what you say will will play out. That's my assessment sitting here this morning. Kane? Uh, Gil, I think the frustration is that uh, often the review comes out and, and just reading it, it appears as though the umpiring department has ticked off that decision last night. The frustration is rarely do we see the umpires put their hand up and say, yep, that one I got wrong. We saw it after Anzac Day, the five contentious ones all ticked off by the AFL do you sense and do you understand the frustration from supporters that often we don't get an admission of, um, you know, error? Yeah, I do. And I think um, we, the AFL and the industry, needs to be, to be better about that. Um, and, you know, it's a very difficult job and there's technical interpretations um, um, all of the time. And I think people want accountability and I understand that point of view. It's a difficult job. I thought generally um, last night was umpired very well. Um, And it was a very difficult decision at the end. And I reckon either way it had gone last night, people would have issue with it. Mm. So do we need more transparent umpire reviews of the games? Do do we need some more transparency? Whether they go through the vision or I'm not sure the process, but could it be more transparent for the fans and for the footy clubs? I think there's a level of transparency. It's a bit of though about um, a broader assessment about uh, decision making. I, I, I don't disagree with you, Kane. I think there's transparency there, but I think um, it's a very, very difficult business and, and people feel pressure from every angle and we're here to support the umpires, but also we want the right communication with our supporters. I agree with that. It's just the last one on this, Gil. If the opposite had happened last night, do you think we as a football world would have completely lost our minds today that there was a second kick given in the goal square that yeah, decided I th- I th- the match? I think, I think today would have been much more difficult for me than, it, than the way it went. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, this is that. I don't want to divert from it, but if we played the other way, people would have been outraged. I but think the easy decision is to make no decision. 
I think it was a very... I, I just thought the maturity of the umpire there, I was actually pretty impressed with the practical, sensible maturity of the, way, of the approach. Now, people then will go to the definitive black and white of the rule. Again, I haven't looked at it. That'll be for the umpiring department. But I thought that it didn't impinge on the play and it was a practical response. And my, as I said to you, I look at it in the way of a guy's over the mark on the 50, he blows him, he comes back, and the guy has his shot and he didn't make it. Can't believe an old forward such as yourself is in <laughs> not fighting for the goal. Wow. <laughs> different shoes on today, Dan. <laughs> Can I ask, and I'm not, uh, to change the, um, the track a little bit, uh, I don't envy your position in this world in relation to being a moral uh, uh, sanction on, on certain issues in the football world. Things like uh, how we have to chastise players for certain types of behaviour, how we, uh, the flying of the flag up when there was the yes vote out. Things like that, as I said, there's a very difficult line for you to tread to make moral decisions on behalf of what is the biggest sporting fraternity in Australia. And you morally feel like this is the right thing to do. Should the AFL be stepping into that area of the moral ground of what every Australian has the right to choose, yes, no, maybe, where their areas, where they feel their allegiances lie? I think it's always a challenging issue, Dem. But what I'd say is this. Um, I do think that we are a community leader and there is an expectation on us to enunciate what we stand for because people, if they buy into our game and our league, want to know what I think the industry and the community and certainly the league stands for. I think we work hard at not lecturing people and I don't think making necessarily moral decisions. I think we make decisions on what we stand for on issues, whether they be racism or others. I think if you talk about that, that yes vote, it's one of our core things that what, as a game we stand for is being a game for everyone. It was a public um, you know, it was a public vote and I think it would have been odd for us as an organisation not to be clear about what we stand for and we were really clear but not to say this is what you need to do. So as an industry, as a league, that's, that's where we stood and I think you make decisions on that. People have different views. Some people clearly didn't agree with it, but that's where we stand. The only thing I would say to that is that the... Uh, you, you know where I stand. It's, it's fine. I'm fine with it. But the over-55s, who are an enormous part of this game, mm. probably if you took the blanket view over them, wouldn't have stood for it, yet the representation of their code said, yes, this is what we stand for. So representing them... Yeah, that is right. At some point, you're going to make decisions, Dem. I mean, I tell you what, if you That's don't make decisions, you. you don't go anywhere. In real terms, if you're not making progressive decisions going forward, in real terms, you're going backwards. So, you know, as long as we articulate that, we don't lecture it and say that we actually are a game. And I think people deep down respect the fact that we are for everyone and are proud of that. On that issue, the over-55s might have been against us. But in totality, as long as they actually understand the logic, why we're talking to everyone, they might not agree... But I think ultimately, hopefully, it's a net game. So that's that's one issue. There is a raft of issues. So you, I think I've heard your answer now from you feel like you morally have to give a viewpoint, a stand, no, 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 I don't. when I something arises as to how the fraternity wants to be viewed. No, I, I don't think it's a moral decision. I think it's people on, on issues of community leadership that people have to have to we have to have a position on that 
Now, we try not to lecture and we try not to be out there all the time, but there are moments when actually that's expected of us because we are ultimately one of the biggest forces in every community in Australia. And it's incumbent upon us and it's expected of us. If we didn't, I think people would go, where are you on this issue? We want your view. We're looking for some leadership. And I think people debate that. We're not trying to force our way into every issue. But when you're talking to, you know, one in 25 Australians, man, women and child, in every community in Australia is a member of an AFL club or the AFL, they, we, we speak for a lot of people and they're actually looking for leadership at times. That's our assessment. Um, again, we're not trying to, to, to moralise or to do it all the time. Hopefully a lot of time we just stay out letting the football go. But there's a lot of issues and we're, we, we get drawn into it and I think it's an incumbent of us to have a position. If footy fans were going to the polls next weekend, Gil, do you reckon your administration would be re-elected? Yeah, you go, you bang on about this, Jared, all the time. All I can do is... <laughs> Don't is, bang is, on about is, it. <laughs> you, you need to, uh, you know, get out of the weeds, I reckon, and actually just look at the scoreboard. We're, we're, we're highest attendance of all time right now. Ratings are strong. That's the only thing. That, the ins and outs of the day-to-day where, where you're meandering, there's people got issues all the time. In the end, the aggregate counts. So if you're confident, you, you, hang on, hang on, hang on. You're confident yep. that the footy constituency is absolutely with the AFL at the moment. I can't be confident of of speaking for everyone all of the time. We always have issues, Jared. We're talking about some of them today. Um, I know that umpiring is topical at the moment. We're working hard to to make uh, the umpiring the best we can. There's always going to be issues. I can only look at the trends and the numbers. I look at the research. I look at the crowds. I, the only thing you can look at is the macro uh, numbers to really know where everyone's at. And right now, we're re- so basically record crowds, record membership, record ratings, community football is strong. It doesn't mean people don't have issues with decisions or things that are going on, but that's all we can look to. The ratings are up. The scoring is down. How do you interpret those first set of figures this year? Well, I just see more space in the game. So I think that the scoring is neither here nor there. It's been articulated as, as, a, as an outcome of more flowing, more football, more space in the football. What I think is that I'm watching games that are 70 to 80 or last night. I think last night was a good game. I don't know what the final score was, 70-something to 77. Yeah, but it was, yep. it, was, it was, you know, whatever it was, 70 points, 77 to 72 or something. But it was a good game and there was more space and more flow. And just because it wasn't 100 points kicked, I still think it was a good goal. So I think the rule changes have put some space in the game and, and I think people are liking it. I think that, that the, the accumulation of what the decisions that Steve made has been had a great outcome. Bob? Gil, did you have anything to do with the leaked video of your palmed oh, goal off the ground <laughs> yesterday that went viral? <laughs> I um, it took me a long time to sort of slow. It's taken whatever it is, uh, twenty years to slowly sleek that out. <laughs> so you should too. Uh, Think of any of us kick one like that and I find its way out there. I, I did. I was like, Jesus, how's that got out of playing? I'm, I'm very clear that uh, I think Fox Sports put that out, or someone for, you know, tribute to the footy show. But um, you know, you can do. You can have one good goal in in, in oh, your life. I can remember you playing in the state game, the junior state game at at. Uh, Telstra Stadium, I think it was. What did you play that no, game? No, I played the, maybe a bit older. I was a, uh, I am um, pretty average term generally, but uh, Docklands. It was down the Docklands. You played a game there. No, I don't think. I don't. They played. Uh, anyway, I didn't anyway. have much of a career. I can tell you that. No, I thought you went around. Yeah. yeah. That's about uh, where we'll leave it. Could you put the showdown on a Friday night in future, Gil? I reckon we could. I mean, 
Um, the the direct response, Jared, is is you know, two South Australian teams is is been working through that with seven. I, I you know, I'm South Australian. I think it's one of the great games. Uh, it'll be cracker again this weekend. Um, yeah, yeah, we could, but we, we haven't got there yet. But I think it'll be a good game for Friday night. Thanks for joining us on Crunch Time. See you guys. Thanks Gil McLaughlin, the Chief Executive of the AFL.